couple of weeks ago, um, I had a really powerful and uh, really kind of neat experience after the four o'clock mass. I want to tell you about it. So it was toward the end of, of greeting people, and I was just standing there talking to my family. And there was, there was a guy over here. Uh, I could tell he wanted to talk to me. And so I, you know, was kind of looking, and then I, I gave a good look because he stayed. And uh, I thought, well, that guy looks familiar. And uh, then I did a double. He's just kind of grinning at me, which is, you know, okay. And I actually did a triple, and I, and he said, yeah, it's Phil. And he's my old youth minister from high school, who I haven't seen in 30 years, you know. And uh, uh, he lives out of state. He's got some family in the area, and it was around Christmas time, so they were visiting. And he had heard about, you know, this parish and that I was here and that there were, you know, a lot of good things going on, so he wanted to come and see, and, and it was really a, a, a really great experience to spend some time with him and his wife and, and talk to them and reminisce a bit. And it got me thinking over the couple of weeks about, you know, how I got from point A to, if you will, point B, this point in my life. And uh, particularly him and the church that I was going to at the time as a teenager. Well, so somewhere around 1985, when I was about 14, my friend Kevin, the Eric family was not exactly going to church every week. I'm sure some of you can relate. And uh, the church that we were frequenting, well, infrequenting, was... uh, I don't want to say it was underwhelming. It was just kind of whelming. Uh, And so there wasn't really anything driving us there uh, to go there. Anyway, so Kevin invited me to to, uh, this teen mass that that was going on. And uh, it just, it it made a huge impact, tremendous impact. I mean, it really changed my life. Because from that moment on, I didn't miss a mass until... August of 1998, yes, that's specific, Um, on my way to, I still remember it, I'm still not happy about it, but I was sick, I was sick, and uh, I was driving on my way to to seminary, it was Albuquerque, I didn't get to Mass, anyway, so, you know, obviously it got me going to Mass, but even more than that, I mean, that's important, but even more than that, it brought me into community. It brought me into especially music, which this, this parish had this amazing music program. It got me playing music again, which my mother always wanted me to pr- play, and she always wanted me to play Barry Manilow for her. <laughs> I'm not even joking, yeah. I know way too much Barry Manilow, but um, play that one Barry Manilow song, song you know, John. I knew like 20, you know, because she bought me the book. Anyway. But I got really heavily into music, and that became a really important part of my life. Well, so after that invitation, there was another invitation about a year later. It was toward the end of my freshman year of high school, and um, a priest who became uh, the most important priest of my life, Father Doug Lorig, was my religion teacher. And at the end of the year, he invited me to consider becoming a priest, which totally took me by surprise. And I remember saying to him, you know, I kind of like girls. 
do I have to? <laughs> I said, you don't have to do anything. I just want you to think about it. All right, so you know, things move on through high school and I get more and more immersed in music and, and uh, ultimately end up studying music in college right? because it's so, so much a part of my life now. And I end up playing music at different churches out in the East Valley. And when I got to college, I met this guy, Chris, from Sierra Vista, that one. And uh, that relationship changed my life forever as well. Um, and then I, you know, I became good enough at music that ultimately Father Doug ended up hiring me to direct his music program, to help direct his music program which gave me the space to continue to think about priesthood. And, you know, so I was thinking about all of this stuff and how that one invitation from Kevin changed my entire life. You know, just it set in motion these different uh, situations and dynamics that drew me deeper into the faith, drew me closer to Christ, uh, you know, drew me ultimately into the priesthood. And, and Phil was here that, that night and I, I was able to share with him. And I said, you know, Phil, without you, this doesn't happen. You're a part of this. You're a big part of even now, you know, what is going on in my life. There's so many people I look back in my life and there are some very poignant moments. And then there are people just friendships along the way, people who have, and they know who they are, people who have made just tremendous impacts on my life. And they're all a part of the goodness that I have to this day. Any successes I have or, or joys or, you know, the good things and blessings that I experience. I, you know, I truly would not be here today if it wasn't for Kevin who invited me to go to church with him. It's amazing to think about how that works. And so think about this gospel. Got John the Baptist, he's got two, two disciples with him and he'd been preparing them for the Christ, for Jesus. And so then he sees him walk by, there he is. So they were ready to follow when he pointed him out. So they follow. And you kind of get the sense that Jesus had one of those, you know, when you feel somebody following you a little too close, you know, Jesus had one of those you know, so he turns back and he says, you know, why are you following me? And they just, they just had this desire to be with him. We, we just want to know where you're staying. We want to spend time with you. And so he said, well, come and see. Invitation. Invitation. And if you look at um, Jesus. Now, he, he got into arguments, you know, with the Pharisees and the chief priests because they were just so critical about how he was going about his business. But when, when you look at what Jesus is, how he's talking to people about salvation and receiving forgiveness and all the rest, it's always invitation. It's never uh, sort of, not really is it any kind of you know, certainly not manipulation or coercion or guilt or fort, none of that. It's invitation. He talks about salvation and heaven being like a banquet that people are invited to. You're invited. You can come. If you want to come, you can come. You're just invited. The methodology he used to bring people to him and to the Father was invitation, never coercion. 
And if we think about that, you know, in our own lives, obviously we want to, you know, we think about how we might impact people in our lives. And sometimes we can get really anxious the closer those people are to us. And we, we kind of want to force things to happen. And it's never the way. It's not the way of Jesus. It's not what he did. And if he didn't do it, I mean, he should know how to bring people <laughs> to God. Always invitation. And so with you and your families, invitation. Um, I had a story, heard a story this week from one of our moms. And she said, my daughter uh, was at school, fifth grader, was at school and heard her friends say uh, that, you know, her mom was looking for a church for them to go to. So this girl came home and, and talked to her mom and, and said, write down the name of our church. You know, I just want to, so she wrote down the name of the church and directions and she took it and gave it to her, just invited her, that's it. And I don't know if they'll show up. I, you know, I don't know who they are, but who knows what could happen from an invitation. And many of you have um, you know, brought family members or friends when they're in town or otherwise. It's good to be a church we want to invite people to go to. It's a great blessing. That's part of what's important to us. It's important to me. I think it's important to all of us. We're proud of our church, rightly. It's a good place to be. It's a good place to invite people into. You know, when I was, I've told this story before, I was up north before here, right? And uh, I love the people up north, but it was too remote for me. And it just was not, I'm already kind of an introvert. So, you know, that's way too, too much. And uh, so I knew I, I wanted to change. And the open listings came out. So, you know, what happens is they open list the, op- the parishes and then you can apply to be pastor. And uh, there was one parish that I thought, oh, I know that parish really well. I think I could really slide into that pretty simply. Um, and then there was this other one, St. Thomas More, which I didn't even know existed. I didn't know this parish existed. And because uh, I was always east, east side and, and all the rest. And um, I just kept thinking about this parish. Never been here. Didn't really know Father Jim at all. Didn't know anything about you people. Nothing. Never even set foot in the parish at all. But God does this every once in a while with me. Not commonly. Like, there's communication, but once in a while, he really sends a zinger. And I just know it's him. I just know it's him. And this was the internal movement, the spiritual movement I had about this parish. And I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll try it. I'll apply, see what happens. And I never saw the church until after I was actually appointed here. And I showed up and I said, well, maybe I should get a tour. I, you know, most of the time, and if you know me well enough by now, I research everything, everything about everything. Like I'm that guy, just meticulous about researching and finding out with this, because I knew, I knew it was God, just at least encouraging me, inviting me. And it's just amazing to think about how none of this happens. None of all of this good stuff happens if it wasn't for Kevin. It's amazing. So you either should thank Kevin or be really mad at him. (laughs) But I'm incredibly grateful to him. 
And it's a beautiful thing if we look back in our lives and we can see these people and there's these really specific moments in time when perhaps we've received an invitation or people come into our lives and they make just an incredible difference and they're still a part of the goodness that we experience and that we share. So consider this when thinking about other people, what your invitation might do. It it could be incredible. It very often is. And then also the second point would be this. Always be listening for God's invitation to you. He will speak. Teach your children, little ones. Jesus will talk to you. It's a different type of communication, but he will communicate. But we have, like the first reading with Samuel, we have to listen. We have to be open. And it's amazing what God can do and will do in your life if you're open to his invitation. Please stand.